Welcome back to the Mission SP podcast. Today, we get to interview a friend of mine named Emmy Ponce de Souza, who is from Seattle, Washington. Our worlds got connected through running. Um, however, we have been able to develop a friendship and, and she is somebody that I respect that goes far, far outside of just the running trails themselves. Uh, Emmy is a great runner herself um, and she's she's completed lots of races, but her story is really unique in the sense that she is just one of those people who can can a make friends anywhere but but really leads um by example and how she is ambassador of just positivity in her personal and her professional life um as well as somebody who's not afraid to speak out and do what's right um during this you know this this time period of our lives where we're seeing a lot of difficulties um for for lots of different people emmy has been somebody who's really i would say stepped up to the plate and really become an ambassador and and somebody who can really protect one another, but also, you know, be a voice of reason and, and really an inspiration. So I'm excited to dive into her story, you know, just in the sense that she's done a lot of cool things in the running community, such as uh, starting a group called the Power Mom Docs, where uh, it's a group of women who are runners who also happen to be moms, uh, who, who want to be empowered by one another, share each other's journey in the sport of running while um, all getting together through social media to inspire one another. Uh, Emmy dives in, talks about the group, talks about her inspiration behind starting it, um, but also really talks about just the amazing things that she does in her life. She's an incredible mom, incredible doctor, incredible wife, and I'm just super pumped to share her story. So let's listen. All right, welcome back to the Mission of Speed podcast. Uh, I am here with a friend of mine who I've actually never met face to face before, <laughs> but we know each other um, through the social media world and uh, the, the awesome internet that we've been able to explore these last several years. Uh, M.A. Ponce de Souza, thank you for joining us. Uh, it's it's so great to see you. How are you doing? It's so great to see you. I'm doing great. Thank you. And and specifically, we know each other because you coached me. You coached me. You coached my kid. It's been great. Yeah, it's it's so interesting to me because my job for a lot of you guys that listen is, you know, I, I coach people of you know all abilities, all ages in the St. Louis area. But that's also given me the platform to be able to work with people outside of St. Louis. And Emmy is one of the first people I think that I really worked with that wasn't in our metro area uh, that I didn't have some type of connection with. And, you know, just being able to meet you and just, uh, you know, being a part of your story and your journey and obviously Anya's journey. It's just, it's been amazing. I feel so lucky and fortunate. Um, and now Emmy is somebody who, who is uh, singing my praises and I can't be, you know, I couldn't be more grateful for you for doing that. And so I've been connected with even more amazing people uh, like yourself. I've always kind of said that good, uh, that, uh, good people will introduce you to greater people, you know? And so it's like this oh, like concept of when like you meet a good person, then your people that you meet after that are even greater and even greater and even greater. Cause I have, I just feel like if you're going to do this, you're going to speak this energy and have this positivity, you're probably going to be somebody who is surrounded by good people. Um, perhaps, you know, that's not everybody, but you know, I think it's probably the case in your, your, your example. I think you're a person who puts out a lot of good energy and puts a lot of work into what he's doing, like a lot of good work into what you're doing. And so that just automatically, I mean, it speaks for itself. So we've been, we've been very lucky to have your support as a group and we, and I am happy to send you every <laughs> single person in our group who's looking for good. And, and the other thing that was really nice about, about you, and you know, I, I had done a couple of coaches virtually um, and, and, 
because I have such a weird schedule, um, doing virtual actually works really well for me as long as you can have really good communication and you are like the master of communication. So it's, it was just, it was just meant to be for you to coach the, the physician mom running world. Well, I know I appreciate that. And that's, that's, that's the connection right there. And so I have a athlete here in St. Louis named Stephanie Park, really good friend of mine. She's awesome. And she was a part of this group called the the mom docs. And at the time she tells me about it and, you know, I started working with her and I was like, I don't even know what the mom docs are, whatever the case is. She's like, yeah, I do this, (laughs) you know, okay, whatever. You have a t-shirt, everything. That's cool. And then all of a sudden she's telling me that there's like this whole active Facebook group. I'm like, wow, that's actually really impressive. And she's like, actually, I'm going to introduce you to somebody. Um, Um, And then that's kind of when I started to meet some people in St. Louis that were a part of this group. Um, And then from there, that's how we got connected. And so for those of you wondering, this group is devoted to women who are moms, who are physicians. And the concept to me is like, it's so cool. And I would always think like, do they really like, there's another thing they can do. Like, of course, like if there's anything that a high achieving person is going to do, it's going to be a marathon <laughs> or an ultra marathon, you know, and <laughs> crazy. Cause if you look at the group, everybody's running fast. Like everybody had fast times. It's not, you know, I'm not, and I'm not saying that that's the case of a, not the case. Sorry. That's not the case of the whole group. It's a level of all abilities. But when you're looking at perception wise, you're seeing a ton of depth of fast people. You're like, wow, this is super impressive. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I wouldn't put myself in the same, in the same category as, Stephanie and Andrea and Libby and all of them and that you have that you have locally because they're they are really fast runners. But I think more importantly than the than the pace thing that we emphasize a lot is, you know, as we as we were mentioning before, um, when you have the schedule of a, of a doctor and you still decide to run, um, you know, your doctor, your mom and your, and you're a runner. It, it, it's a very conscious decision to decide to run. And so, you know, you've, you've done all these, all these really demanding things in the past. So you know how to do something demanding and you know how to, how to be disciplined about it. So it doesn't matter if you're running, um, a, a, a six minute mile or a 16 minute mile, you, you have the discipline to run it. And you have the discipline to do the training. And if you're, if you're, especially if you're seeking out coaching, um, which is such a, which is such a doctor thing to do, right? It's like, please give me some other level of training and grade me on it and give me feedback for it. And if it's possible to like take some more time, sleep out of my schedule, let's do that too, because it's just so much fun to do, but no, really like running just fits perfectly into, into the, 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 it's something that a, a mama doc would want to do. No, it's, it's amazing. And I guess what my question specifically for you would be, you know, what led you to that group in the first place? Cause I'm, I'm having to imagine that, you know, you're a busy mom, you have a job, you know, you're working tons of hours, you know, they're not always predictable for you. Uh, and then of course the running is your sacred spot, you know, where you can probably release a lot of stress and just be, you know, give to you um, at those times. But then what leads you to a community of people that, that socially online, I'm just more curious about that. Oh gosh. Well, so there, uh, you know, everything is better in community. Everything is better in community. And I had tried locally to, to run with some, um, with some local groups here in Seattle. Um, and, and the thing is my schedule is very erratic and not everybody's schedule is like this, but I don't have a nine to five job. I, I work in intensive care and it's just kind of all over the place in a neonatal intensive care. And it's kind of all over the place. So I have 24 hour shifts. So I, I don't work every day, but I don't necessarily get out on time to make it to a group run or, you know, I, I'm, I'm dragging my feet. So I won't be able to run with the same 
paste group every day, things along those lines. Um, and, but, but the, the idea of community was just so great. And at, at some point I had just been, you know, I, I, I have three kids and we would always run and I would run at their pace and whatever that pace was, you know, whether that was, let's just, let's just sprint for a hundred meters and then walk for a little bit and then run a little bit more. And as they got older, we would do a little bit more. It was a lot of fun. And then eventually my kids got old enough to, to get into their own teams. And when they got their own teams and suddenly I was really lonely (laughs) doing all my runs by myself, but it kind of coincided perfectly with, um, there is a large, I don't know if you've ever heard of it. It's been on the news before. Um, there's a large physician um, group uh, uh, that was originally, well, it still is called um, PMG, Physician Moms Group. Um, and it, it it grew very quickly. And this was, I don't know, five or six years ago, maybe six years ago. And from that group, you know, we started kind of, it was on Facebook and we started just kind of making connections. And at some point I posted, I ran the, the Seattle Half Marathon here and just had the best time and posted some pictures of my kids were still little. And so they were holding up the little signs of, you know, hit this star here for extra energy <laughs> and things along those lines. And, and, uh, and there were these, these cute kids with these cute pictures and I posted them in the group and somebody was like, Hey, there's a group for this. Um, do you want to join? I was like, absolutely. And this was probably 2015, something like that. Um, yeah, it must've been 2015, like early 2015. So, um, that's how I, I, uh, I first got into the, uh, mama docs run this group. And, um, and then I was there for a few years before we kind of made our, our, our own group, you know, that's another story, but how that evolved. No, I, I'm looking forward to diving into that. And I appreciate the, <laughs> the backstory on it because I think, you know, like I'm just trying to think of somebody that's listening at home. And, you know, there's a lot of people who exercise and work out and probably to your point, feel alone. They might not feel like they're connected to something. And it's just, it's really cool that, you know, you could go do something virtually. And we're learning that really now, obviously, being yes. pandemic, but you can Holy go cow, do yes. virtually and be supported and, and in that process. And I, you know, especially for somebody that doesn't have a ton of hours, you know, in the day to be able to do this, um, maybe as flexible as somebody that has a straight job. That's okay. This is when you go to work. This is when you come home. And and I think like for you, I'm sure you can attest to this, like your time that you're not spending with your family, your time that you're not spending at work and you're not, you know, exercising is really important to you. So it needs to be meaningful and needs to be valuable. And so I think it's it's the coolest thing that comes out of this groups and just any types of community. And so you got to Seattle, uh, you know, obviously you, you are a doctor and that requires requires a lot of schooling. What, what was your path to getting to Seattle, uh, you know, leading you in your journey? <laughs> so I'm originally from Mexico City. Um, so I, I did this, uh, <laughs> I did this the long, hard way. I was in Mexico City. I studied medicine in Mexico. Um, well, I studied the first three years of medicine in Mexico, but in Mexico, you know, like in, in most of the world, uh, medicine is an undergrad. It's not a, uh, and it's just a very long undergraduate degree. Um, as opposed to it, it's the total, the same number of years as it would be here for, for undergrad. And then, and then your, your medical school, um, roughly the same, the same amount of time, but, uh, I wanted to do residency here. And so I, um, switched out, I transferred up here, uh, to undergrad to complete undergrad here. And then from there, um, uh, applied to medical school. And, and so I kind of 
did the first couple of years all over again in medical school, um, which was fine. It was a good thing. Um, and I did that in Texas. And so like I had just gotten married in California. We, we went to Texas um, for, for medical school. And then I did all my training there. I did everything there. Um, it, it just started, you know, we bought a house. And so it was just easy to stay in Texas. We had a kid. It was just easy to stay in Texas. We had another kid, it, you know, <laughs> the story grew. So it was just easy to stay in Texas. So I did um, medical school residency and fellowship all in Texas. So we were there for a good dozen years. And then um, my husband, who is just the most wonderful guy you can imagine had all along just been supporting this, this, you know, this in the meantime structure of whatever we need to do to, to get to this ultimate goal. And when I had that ultimate goal in sight, it was kind of like, okay, so now we did this and you have been, you know, there was one point where, when, when the uh, recession hit, you know, our, our youngest child had just been born and, uh, and his, the, the mortgage company he was working for just, um, suddenly announced that it was going to dissolve and it was a mess. And we were so scared and, oh no, we have no money. What's going to happen. And I was making peanuts and working, um, 80 hours a week. And, and he just decided to start his own company, um, so that he could still have the flexibility of being home for the kids and being the primary caregiver when we needed him to be the primary caregiver. And like, he's just, all this to say is just, he was just the most supportive, amazing guy. And so when I was finally done with it, um, I was kind of like, well, where do you want to go? And he's from California. And he always, I knew he always wanted to come back to, uh, to the Pacific Northwest sort of, you know, he's from Northern California, always wanted to come back to this general area. And so he, he set out his tier one, tier two, tier three sort of, sort of area. And, and I was very, fortunate that this job just opened up like my dream job just opened up in Seattle right as I was looking and I had been contacting um or I'd been contacted by we'd been talking to a recruiter who who knew about the job before it was even posted so it was it was beautiful we came we interviewed they made sure to interview us in November when it was rainy and gloomy and cold <laughs> and miserable and they were like because we want to make sure that you want to be here and I was like this is Perfect. I, the day we moved from Texas, it was 106 degrees and we made so many good friends in Texas and have so many good memories, but I was so happy to get to rain and gloom because you can run in rain and gloom. And, and I was having such a hard time running in 106 degrees. So there are definitely a lot of moms in our group who, who do that and they are amazing. I'm a wilting violet. I don't do well with that. So, um, so I, I, this is my dream job and my dream place and, and everything since that is just, you know, history. It's, and that was like a dozen years ago too. So, <laughs> well, it's an interesting perspective because you're like, you're in school and you have this one goal to get to the finish line. And then how incredible your husband is right next to you and oh, he's buy into that yeah. and see that and be able to support it. But also for his, you know, his, his old goals and ambitions too, you know, to be able to right. see that same finish line, know where you're headed. So it's, it's incredible how everything kind of came about and to see you guys now in the spot that you're happy in, obviously not saying you weren't happy in Texas, but just a better place for you guys for potentially living and, right, right. Um, yeah. you know, raising your family and just doing, experiencing different things. Uh, and yes. especially probably for you now you're in a little bit cooler of an environment as yes. to your point. 
And so, so <laughs> as a doctor, you know, doctor being a doctor in, in this whole show, we'll, we'll use running analogies because we're both runners. And so sure. I'm sorry for anybody that's listening. That's not a runner. That's <laughs> already sick of it uh, by now. Uh, but being a doctor, I would assume I'm not one by any means, but going through all that schooling that has to be very similar to the grind of like training for a marathon when you're like four years out, right? When you're starting to yes. get, how much of a correlation do you absolutely have in your life now with this kind of schedule that you run and everything else to the running world and in your job professionally? Oh, like I said, I mean, I think, uh, I think doctors, well, I mean, my experience, of course, because my, most of the people that I know are runners, but my experience is that it's just such a natural step to, you know, you, you're, you're used to setting micro goals and macro goals for yourself. And that's something that you do as a runner, you're, you're used to delayed gratification. You're used to really enjoying seeing progress in yourself. Um, and, and again, it's not about it's not about winning race. I mean, there's a handful of people who can win races. A case in point, you're, you know, you, you can win races. You're awesome. My son can win races. He's awesome. I, I, I'm not there to win a race. I will never win a race, but I, I can see my own progress. Running is lovely because it allows PRs, you know, PRs is such a, such a, an important concept that we don't get to have, you know, I don't know if people who don't run, how, how, how exactly do you set PRs for yourself in your, in your day-to-day life? And it's just such a cool little rush to be able to work to that and get that, you know, maybe on a yearly basis, maybe twice a year, you can even do something like that. Maybe every couple of years, but it's just a really neat um, thing to do. And for somebody who, who, who has been through, like you said, you know, a, a, a decade of training, um, it's, it's kind of a, a natural thing to want to keep on training for something where you get to set your own goals, but, um, but you get to, you get to have some measurable progress. It's, it's a cool thing. And then, you know, we always talk about, um, doing hard things and, and, and embracing the discomfort in, in running. And, and that's exactly how it is in, in doctoring as well, you know, in training and then in practice as well. So it's just, it's just really cool. There are a lot of parallels for sure. A lot of parallels. I don't think you give yourself enough credit, you know, I'll just step in as, as, you know, as a coach of you, you know, at some point, you know, the reality is that you, I think you, you actually are a lot quicker than you give yourself credit for. I, I totally respect and understand the perspective for sure. <laughs> um, but man, if, if you guys see Emmy race, I mean, and when she's locked in and she's going like competitive, right or roll. And on the right day, I, you know, <laughs> you're going to continue. I'll tell you, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if there's a, if there's a gold medal in your near future, but we have to talk Mark after this, we <laughs> talk. Cause I want to get back to five K's again. That's <laughs> so the joy of it. Again. You know, there was something right. you said there and I was like, this always happens when I start hearing something that's so great. And I'm just like jumping for joy. And I'm like, listen, Mark, listen, cause there's more things that you're saying. But, <laughs> but one thing you just said there was like, I, I think probably hit home for a lot of people that were listening. And it was, how do you set PRs for your life when you're not yeah. running? And I thought about that. And I was like, that's such a good point because runners, we get a lot of 
satisfaction and we can, we can measure that. And it's not just like, you know, like it's not dependent really on, I mean, there some luck is involved in it, but it's this process is his work. It's almost like when you're in school and you take a test and you get a good grade, you feel really good right. about yourself. And if right. you're motivated, you go study for the next test, whatever the case is. And I feel like that's really applicable to running, but then what is it like outside of the school setting? You know, what is it in your job? Not everybody gets that feedback and things like that. And I think that's a really interesting point. And, you know, for somebody like you, I mean, I'm sure these PRs, have been something that, you know, make you feel very fulfilled when you run well, but then there's all these other amazing things that enrich you too. I, I, I guess my question for you is because I love diving into the sports psychology of people, <laughs> but somebody like you who has so many great moving parts, you know, in terms of your success in your family and your job, your career, when you Thank think you. of those PRs, you know, what are like, how does that correlate? And I don't even, this makes sense to those other things that are enriching you. Are you feeling super pumped, like running's the sole purpose. When you run that race, it can, it consumes you the rest of the day. Or is it like, man, seeing my daughter, you know, kick butt in that, you know, thing felt 10 times yeah. better yeah. or whatever the case is. I don't know if that makes sense. Absolutely. Me. Oh no, absolutely. Absolutely. I, I'm also very lucky in that I, I share this, this love for running this love, hate love for running, <laughs> um, which I'm sure, um, you know, you, 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 you get, um, no, I, I share this love for running with my, with my kids. And so we all have different paces and we all have different approaches and we all run different distances, but, um, so there's so many, and, 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 and not even just about the PRs themselves, even though that's, that's a lot of fun to talk about. And, and PRs, when I say PR, I don't necessarily mean a PR in a, in a specific race. I can mean I ran further today than I had in five years, or I can mean I, I felt better on that hill. We have this super steep hill here in Seattle that, that, that um, we run on routinely just in our neighborhood. It's called Dravis. And it's just like, boom, straight uphill, <laughs> um, six long blocks of, of, of torture. And like, I felt better, better going up Dravis at this pace than I ever had before. Well, next time I'm going to go faster or next time I'm going to sprint and then pause between, or, you know, like you set your own little PRs. Um, but the other thing that I've, that I've been really fortunate to have with running is running with my kids when we do, you know, this, this year of pandemic, I've had a lot more of that than, than I could have had otherwise, because normally they would have been running with their teams. But when you're running with someone, you know, we talk about how community is so important. Um, the community that I, the, the, the space that I have with my kids when we run, we're each other's captive audiences, you know? So for whatever, however long we're running and, and, you know, it might be an hour, it might be 45 minutes, it might be two hours, depending on what we're training for. But all you can do during that time is talk, number one. Number two, you have a shared goal. You have shared pain. I mean, I'm sure that I'm hurting more than my son is when we're going at my pace, but there is a shared discomfort, a shared process, a shared pain, a shared purpose. Um, and, and there's just so much understanding that, uh, that you can apply to life. And, and I've just been incredibly fortunate to have that extra dimension of understanding with my kids that I wouldn't have had if it hadn't been for running and if it hadn't been for racing for that matter. And it's just been really, really neat. So yeah, I, I, I absolutely, um, it's, it's really cool to have my own achievements. It's 500 times better 
bigger and huger and more wonderful to have their achievements. And I feel like because we all understand where we're all coming from in that process, it's so much easier to translate that and, and to grow empathy towards other, um, other aspects of life. Yeah. Yeah. It's it, the perspective is awesome. Just, you know, getting the insight here. And then I think about, like, I think about your family and I think about how close you guys are. I only know it obviously from afar. So, you know, social media only paints such a picture, but I do know from conversations with you, no, we are um, very you know, close. Yeah, how you guys interact, the time that you guys spend together, the support, you know, you were telling me right off, you know, right off camera, just about your daughter supporting your older son, you know, for his entire running career, yes. all these things to me are so impressive because I think a lot of times, you know, and, and I think probably every single person probably goes through this at some point in their life. And maybe it doesn't happen in their adulthood, but it comes maybe when you're more of a kid. I feel like when you have a goal for something, I can think of myself like as a runner in high school. The only thing that mattered to me was me running in high school. You know, mm -hmm. like friendships didn't matter as much. Like mm -hmm, relationships mm -hmm. didn't matter. You know, school didn't matter because mm -hmm. I had this sole focus on I want to run in college. This is what matters. And then your life evolves. And I think sometimes you see people who... So in some ways, and we see it in the running community all the time, they struggle to enjoy those other areas of life, whether they have a family or they have a job because they're yeah. so focused solely on this goal. Yeah. And one of the things that like, I knew I had to talk about this with you on the podcast is it's, it's about that balance of happiness. And I think you're somebody that's an incredible ambassador for this because from everything that I've seen, I feel like you promote a really solid message in terms of hard work and you promote yourself as somebody that's really disciplined. And I mean, you'll do whatever it takes knowing you as <laughs> to get to where you want to get to, but that never gets in the way of you baking an amazing cake for your daughter's <laughs> birthday or doesn't get in the way of you having a great relationship or a date night with your husband or, you know, and I'm sure everybody has their imperfect moments. I'm sure, you know, running sometimes takes up a little bit more, yeah. but from the general, you think of this as like a machine. I think for the most part, it, the conveyor belt, everything's rolling and it's doing its job. If that's correct to say, just from the outside of what you're seeing yes. and that balance is so incredible. And do you think because you have this balance, it allows you to be less stress when you compete? Um, oh, absolutely. I, I don't, I don't see running in, you know, right now you were talking about how for some people running is, is, is the why, you know? Um, and, and for me, it's never been the why I don't feel like as, even as much as, uh, uh, my son, my, my oldest, son, I have three kids and my oldest son is, is, um, very competitive, uh, runner. And he, um, even as, as strong a runner as he is and, and as good as he is at it and as much as he enjoys it, it's not his why either. It's his how, you know, running for us has very much been a tool in our, you know, it's just been one of the arrows in our quiver, if that makes sense, that, that, um, that helps find that balance. It's not competing for attention within our lives. It's contributing to the balance. Like you, you need a release. So this is a great release. And Oh, by the way, I can actually spend it with some of my favorite people. Well, that's fantastic. You know, it's, it's contributing to the balance. And so I absolutely enjoy the racing when I get to it because it's, it's part of the process, but it's, it's not the why it's, it's the how. 
Yeah. And I think with a lot of goals, it doesn't matter if you're not a runner, you know, I think anything that you set for yourself, it's so easy to look at that goal and let that consume you. Yes. Put a ton of pressure on whether you're going to hit that goal or not. And what you're speaking about is what we call process goals. So you've been like hitting this right on the head when you said talking about like wanting to run as fast as up the hill, like the, depending on the last time, not measuring it by time, but how you felt, you know, these process goals are really important. And I'm stealing this from a guy named Brett Ledbetter, who has a book named What Drives Winning. And if you're listening, I suggest that you see it, you check it out because um, it really goes through um, the sports psychology of coaches at a very high level and athletes. And the one thing that they really preach on is that the character drives the process and the process drives a result. And so, so often he he would say when he played basketball, he had a sheet in his, that he would put actually in his shoes and it would have all of his stats that he wanted to hit. And so at halftime, go and look at if, did he hit X amount of points? Did he have X amount of blocks, whatever the case was? And he realized that his goals were solely focused on himself. They weren't focused on his team success. So Mm. if they were at halftime and they were successful and the team was up, but he didn't meet those three points or whatever the case is that he needed, then he was thinking of himself as a failure where in a Mm. situation like that, it doesn't matter how many points you have, you should be really pumped up that your team is winning, whether you're contributing to that or not. And I think that there's and and to the point, his point is that you can contribute in many other ways than just scoring, being the person that scores points or being the person that, you know, um, you know, those tangible numbers don't always necessarily mean, and it goes right back to your story because you're speaking so much about, you know, just in terms of having these goals that enrich you, but they're also like, you know, when you go to that race, regardless of what happens, you're going to be able to find probably five to 10 positives you can take home with you. So that day was not necessarily a failure. Yes. Yes. Does that resonate? One hundred percent, one hundred percent. And um, Eric Anthony, my my son, always says um, that no race is wasted as long as you learn from it. And and that's something that he he repeats every single time, whether or not he won or PR'd or whatever. He's like, no race is wasted as long as I learn from it. So it's the whole process. Absolutely. That absolutely resonates. Yes. And so when you're at work, you know, you know, you know, there's, you have an intense job. So it's, it requires you probably to be very serious and, you know, you have to do the job that you spent many years, you know, in school and getting educated for, <laughs> but, and we kind of talked about that. There is that parallel between your professional life and your running life, but what are, what are some things would you say, you know, cause I think when we're thinking about, you know, just the perspective of somebody that is such a high achiever and is able to stay so positive, what are the things that push you forward so that you're not finding yourself falling into a hole when you're super tired or going into that shift, knowing you have to give your best because your job requires you to be at a high level and do stuff that you might not want to do on that day based on how you woke up or how you're feeling. Well, and more honestly, my job itself is fantastic. I love my job. I love what I, I get to do this. You know, I'm, I'm very, very lucky that I get to do this and I get to be involved in people's lives in a way that not a lot of people get to be. And at the most vulnerable at their most vulnerable point, that's when I, I get to be there. And sometimes they hate me for it. And sometimes it's a good thing, but, but regardless, it's something that I get to do. Um, I would say the most, the biggest downside to my job is that I am tired a lot. You know, I mean, the, I just work in mostly 24 hour shifts or 26 hour shifts, depending on, on how it goes. And, um, sometimes I have a nine to five, but I really only have weeks like that a few times a year. So, you know, I mean, when I was, when I was 25, that was more okay. Right now I hurt a lot, like all the time I hurt. So I feel like, um, 
neonatology specifically, what I do working in, in neonatal intensive care is in many ways, again, drawing the parallel with running, it's very similar. You have an ICU is by nature, um, intense spurts of just like high adrenaline, high energy, high stakes, everything is happening all at once. Boom, 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 boom. And like everything that you've spent all these tedious, tedious, tedious amounts of time training for, you need to have available to you in, you know, the space of three minutes. Cause, cause that's when things are happening. And then, you know, sometimes those three minutes get extended to 20 minutes and sometimes <laughs> you get spurts throughout the day. But my point is it's not, it's not the same as other, other forms of medicine or other, other um, areas of medicine where it's more of a, of a drawn out during the day sort of thing. My, my intensity comes in, in spurts throughout the day. And then you might not do anything for a few hours and then spurts. And so it's just like, you know, um, and so those are my sprints. Um, and I work with premature infants and I, you know, it, it, runners and no and non-runners in, in the NICU will tell you that's just, um, it's a marathon. It's not a, it's not a sprint. The, you know, the babies, um, will, will, will give three steps forward and two steps back constantly. And, um, kids are so resilient. They're so incredible. It's just, again, I, I'm so lucky that I get to work with these patients because they, they just amaze you the stuff that they can go through, um, and, and thrive. So as long as you keep that, that long view in, in mind, um, it's important, you know, it's, that's, you, you remember the end goal and you remember why you're doing it. And you remember how many people you've seen do well with it. And the parents, um, there, there are, there are parents who show you so much grace in moments where you're like, I have no idea if I could have that amount of grace going through what they're going through. And, and they show you this grace and they are beyond inspiring. So it's, it's a very, it's a very inspirational setting that I get to work in. <laughs> That's incredible perspective. And I, I just appreciate you sharing that because I think something I think so much about, you know, especially for, for anybody's job is that, you know, you have to be in a really healthy mindset and a physical mindset, you know, physical, your physical well-being is just as important as your mental well-being. They both obviously, you know, work, work together. But I think about, especially like for a job like yours, where, you really, you being the best for you is also so important because if you're not the best for you, then you can't be the best for your patients and their parents. You can't be the best for yes. your colleagues. Um, you're going in there. I'm sure knowing you, I'm sure you're a leader, you know, within your organization of some, you know, some regard, I'm sure you're a team <laughs> player, just knowing every other area of your life. I've never been in a, you know, in a, in a, in ICU <laughs> with you, I can almost imagine you know, that, that, that spirit. And then you come home and you, you're that same person for everybody else. And I think that's, that's, that's so incredible because it's this consistency across your whole life. And I, I picked on you to ask you about, you know, kind of sharing more perspective of you being tired um, because I think so often people will see maybe your story and they'll be really inspired. And the first thing they'll think is, there's no way I could ever do any of those things. I'm sure you get that all the time, you know, or, or people say that to you. And it's not to take away from anything you're doing because you're doing amazing things. And there's not a lot of people that can do it. But I do also challenge people and think like, you know what, like Emmy, I, I wish actually there was more credit to Emmy's 
discipline or more credit to how you're structuring yourself so you can do these things. Like it, it, I think you do a great job of organizing yourself in the right ways so you can produce on a high level all area. And yeah, not every person can do that and manage that, but I think there's a lot, there's a lot of structure to it. And I'm sure you can maybe attest to that. And what, what advice would you give to somebody that's thinking like, you know, they see you doing all these cool things and, and you're really happy, all positive, <laughs> about this different stuff. And they're like, yeah, it's awesome. And I'm super inspired, but I, I don't know how I could do that too. Um, I, I, I've been very lucky. Again, I, I have a very supportive husband um, who's taken things off my plate that, that otherwise would have taken away from, from everything else that I can do. Um, and I am lucky enough that my personality, my family's personalities, our dynamics, I draw energy from them, not, I don't lose energy to them, if that makes sense. Um, so I, I genuinely recharge at home. I don't need a vacation from home and I don't need a vacation. For, I've never needed a vacation from my kids. And I know that's not always the case. I'm not, I'm not trying to be snarky about that. That's, that's not always the dynamic and that's not always the way it is. So I can't, I can't give an opinion in that sense. Um, the one thing that I would say, you know, I, I've been very lucky again, and very enormously privileged in many, many ways. Um, the, the one thing that I have always made a priority for myself is, um, I, I am very strict about prioritizing the things that are important to me. What brings me satisfaction, joy, um, well-being, not necessarily in the, in the immediate, but what is most important to me? And then I'll set up my priorities and, and make those priorities be real. And there are times when it is very, Mark, there are times when it is very important for me to have a clean dinner table, please. Everybody drop <laughs> what you are doing, come here and clear this table for mother's well-being to it now. But, and then that's fine. If that is what's important to you at that moment, then prioritize that. But if, you know, it's, it's, again, it's remembering the, the why. So, um, you know, like I said before, running has, has contributed to my, my why as, as, as a how, um, if there has ever been a moment when running has been the goal that I want to achieve at that moment, then I prioritize running. If it's something else, well, then I, you know, if I have it on the schedule, I'm going to do it because I, I am very organized. That is true. Um, so if I have it on the schedule, you know, when, when you and I first met, I told you, you know, if, if you put it on the schedule, I will run it. Know that I will run it. I may run it slow. I may run it in, you know, in, in the afternoon instead of in the morning. I may run it. I, 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 I may run it and curse your name the entire time I'm doing it, but <laughs> I will run it. However, I'm doing it because this is important to me. And if at a moment it stops being important to me, then, then I will reprioritize and I can put it back in whenever it is, whenever it is important to me. Um, case in point, this, when the pandemic hit, I suddenly had all this time to run with my kids and, um, uh, well, nobody, I was going to say for those that don't know, well, nobody knows except for you and me. Um, I was training with you at the time and I was actually, I was on the verge of such a good race, Mark, that next weekend, it would have been such a good race. So close. Race. So close. It'll happen. It's all right. But, uh, but when the pandemic hit and suddenly, and suddenly the kids were just 
there and had no plan and had no team. And, and it was just one more abnormal thing. It was like, okay, let's stop this. My training for whatever I have is not important. What's important is keeping some sense of, of normal for the kids, keeping, giving them their outlet, keeping my outlet, which is running. Okay. Let's keep that outlet and let's, let's transform this experience into something that will be a good thing for us. So at that point was when I stopped training with you. We kind of put that on pause um, to be to be continued after the kids are back in their in their normal setting. And um, and then that was the priority, you know, just kind of like just 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 be prepared to prioritize what's really important to you and be prepared to let things that aren't important to you. Let's just let them go. You don't you can't have it all, all at once. And that's okay. Nobody's supposed to have it all, all at once. Otherwise it just becomes stressful. And the whole point of this is to enjoy yourself. So no. And you know, the one word that comes to my mind when I'm just thinking about you describing all this is awareness. And I, I think that's that a good point is something that is a, is a very valuable skill because you have the awareness to understand your privilege. You have the awareness to understand your values and what you want out of your family and what you want out of your life. Your will, your awareness of you, you have awareness of the people around you. And so I feel like in your head, you can tell me if I'm wrong, you're looking at all the moving parts and you're aware of how everything can be impacted by things. And you realize that some things will be impacted certain ways and you realize where you need to put each, you know, each, it's almost thinking of like a chess, you know, a chess match in some way, you know, you're putting the pieces in the right spots. And I I love that. I think like for, for you, you do such a good job of just being aware and, and realizing how this is going to affect you in a positive or negative way. And, and that's why I want to dive so much into you as a person, because we're going to learn a lot more about you and really cool things that you're doing that I know people are going to be excited about. (laughs) But, you know, I, I use the example of, you know, when people see you achieving at such a high level, I want to highlight the work that it takes in, but these very specific skills that maybe people don't even realize are skills, you know, like being aware, you might not be as energetic as Emmy will ever be, you know, (laughs) know, (laughs) that's just, that might not be it, but could you be aware about certain things in your life that could bring you more happiness? Or could you be aware of the fact that maybe what you're doing could be taken back a little bit so you could spend more time being happier in this area and all this different stuff? Like, I think that it's such a, such a cool thing that you are able to really think. And when you decided to actually stop, you know, working with me at the time last pandemic, I respected it. I hope, hopefully you knew that and could feel that because. Oh no, you were wonderful. Yeah, you were wonderful. I was like, you know, that's the best thing for her because what I've seen as I've known you for a couple of years, the most important thing to you throughout all this and and like all your success with running, whether you acknowledge it or not, your success with your family and your work, the most (laughs) important thing to you is that family happiness, is that balance. And I could tell how excited yes, you were yes. like in the pandemic, not excited that we were in a pandemic, but excited that you had an opportunity in your life. I think you even said this, like, when will I be able to run with my kids this much ever again? And yeah. you used it and yeah. embrace that. And I have an athlete I work with who's a mom uh, and she, she struggles because she loves being with her kids all the time. Okay. Like yeah. they're little yeah. kid age and she goes to everything and she works really hard yeah. to get to everything. And she's had some moms, I feel like who have been a little bit judgmental to her and she's had to switch kind of friend grips and things like that. And, and just because she's 
not maybe she skips a happy hour so that she can see her mm. play sports. And I've always respected yeah. her so much for that because I'm like, I always say to her, I'm like, if that's the worst thing that's about you is that you spent a little less time with your friends so you could see your kids at like right. one of the most important stages. Like your kids right. will always be able to say, you never missed a game of mine, mom. You never missed a camping trip, whatever the case is. To me, that's so inspiring. And I just think right. that, you know, everybody has different balance in their life, but there there is something to be said for that awareness and what truly makes you happy. And it's incredible. So kudos to you for being able to recognize, you know, what was best for you. And now a year later, being able to see now everybody kind of be able to go separate ways back into our lives. Hopefully this is an experience you look back on and say, okay, yeah, there was a lot of, you know, hardships to this last year, things, challenges, but we worked together as a team and we found some positivity within that. And, and I'm, I'm happy my kids were well-adjusted. They, like, you know, we were saying earlier, they're, they're, um, they got a lot done this year and they've, um, they were able to support each other and support others in ways that they wouldn't have been able to, um, yeah, under other circumstances. So it, 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 yeah, it's, uh, I, I, you know, the pandemic has been a, a tragic, horrific thing. Um, but I, I am very happy that as a, you know, internally as a family, we've been able to weather it the way we have, um, just internally there's, it's, it's, it's been terrible. It's doing horrible things. It will continue to do horrible things. Um, but I'm happy that, that, um, they've had this, you know, the, 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 this time with each other and this, uh, uh, as, as a, as a, a support for that. And I'm sure for somebody like you who works in, you know, intensive care unit, which is a, you know, I don't know if it's fair to say it's a pandemic every day, but it's a very high level of stress for these parents. It's a very scary situation there. They have to find some positivity during these times, correct? Like you have to, like you have to continue to push forward and sometimes you don't even see that. And I think that's the thing is like, you're not taking away from the fact that the pandemic is really hard and it's really scary. You're more just saying, we have to live through it. And these are some ways that you could enhance your life while you're living through it. And this, these are maybe some right. ways that your family can work together and support other people in the process. You right. know, like I think about like all the great charity work and things like when people did have their privilege and they, and they recognize those things. Like there's a mom doc who, who takes supplies from Salt Lake City to mm-hmm. this uh, Native American reservation where she used to work mm-hmm. at. And mm-hmm. I'm sure you know Christy. And it's an incredible, incredible story. Like I am so inspired by her because during the pandemic, she was like, okay, they need resources. I can do this. And now she's learning that's how to fly. Awesome. So she that's can fly awesome. those things. Like that to me <laughs> is so inspiring. And so hopefully that's the message that I'm trying to convey too, is that like, we're not taking anything away from the fact that these are very serious and negative situations. It's just that there's this amounts of positivity and awareness that you're bringing to it to enhance it and to give people strength. Because at the end of the day, that's kind of what a coach and what a teacher does in some ways. You're taking people who are trying to learn something and you're the one that has to like kind of throw that at them, you know, and then they have to embrace it. Mm-hmm. They do the work and it's, it's a, it's a, it's a two person process or several person process for, you know, for other situations. No, it's true. And, and I, um, have seen so much of it in my kids, like from my kids that it's, I, I've always told my kids, I will never ask them to do something that I'm not willing to do myself. And, um, seeing them throw themselves into this year in that way. And it's kind of like, well, I, the least I need to do is, is reflect that back at them. And, and it, and it works really well to have that. It works really well to have that. 
it's it's special and i actually got the i've had the opportunity to work with two of the three uh children in your family uh you know obviously speaking with your son yes. i actually get to work with anya uh but one of the things that i was so impressed with when i talked to your son was just his you know it, i go back to the word awareness you know for that age but his maturity and, and he just seemed to really care and really want to learn and you can tell like that's, that's messaging at home. Like, of course he's a great kid, you know, and I'm sure that he came out, you know, a great kid with his genetics, but (laughs) you can tell at home, like, this is a very positive message. This is how you think of the world. This is how you guys have conversations of the world. This is how you treat people. And that's, that to me is so special. And so it really just all these last couple of conversations to me, it, it really ties back to the fact that like, you don't have to be anybody else. Like you don't have to compare right. yourself to anybody else, but you can take from people like Emmy's story, these different things that you could potentially bring back into your life that could enhance your, it can enhance your life in different ways. And it's that discipline, it's that structure. And that's why you have a plan when you run because you need a roadmap. And if you t- take those same kind of roadmaps in every other area of your life, you can see that for yourself and it's inspiring. So that's something I, I've been really impressed with you. And that leads us to the support version of you and that's not at home and that's not at work, but is online through a social community. And we, uh, we kind of alluded to this earlier, but you have yes. a group of your own right now uh, with uh, several other women who are amazing uh, that are, that you probably haven't had, they to, are. had the opportunity to see much because it's been a pandemic. So nobody's really been, I racing. Know. <laughs> but can you share a little bit more about what is the power mom doc and, group yes. and how did you get yes. there? So we were, you know, like, like we were saying earlier, um, like six years ago, we, uh, had been in this, in this other group, um, uh, that was for moms and runners, doctors. And I mean, it was a really great group. It was, uh, a very supportive group for running supportive group for, for being a mom, for being a doctor. Um, but there were aspects of it uh, uh, that where they, where they were not supportive. Um, it just kind of gave the illusion of support. And, um, you know, I, I gave you the example earlier, um, when we were talking before that, you know, if, if you're, um, if you have some, you know, some, some, your, your grandmother is sick, um, it's, I, I may not have that relationship with my grandmother, or I may not have known my grandmother, but I can still, um, empathize with you. And I can still, uh, kind of, you know, feel for you and and have that conversation with you. But one very specific hole that we had in that, in that group was that, um, our members of color were having a, a radically different experience in the world than our white members. And, uh, and even though most of us in that group of color and, and, and not of color were, uh, are very privileged, um, in, in, in many aspects, um, that very specific aspect that is intrinsic to who you are, you know, you don't, you don't walk into a room and stop being Latina or stop being black just because everybody else in the room isn't. But, but in that group, we were kind of asked to be in the sense that we had to sanitize our conversations to not include that part into, you know, in, in it, in any way that would make anybody uncomfortable. So if I was talking about, about this great Mexican, you know, like I said, I'm from Mexico city. 
if I was talking about this great Mexican food that I had just made for my parents and how lovely my parents are that they're living here and, and these great traditions, oh, everybody was all over it. <laughs> but if I was talking about something that could make somebody else uncomfortable because they had to deal with the very uncomfortable reality that the, that the experience that they have is not the experience that everybody has simply because of who you are. Um, then it, then it was not something that, that it was not a conversation that we could have in that group. And, and I mentioned earlier, we had, we had one member specifically that were, were, were all these conversations kind of, you know, they'd been happening and we'd been trying to have them. And some of them had kind of happened and some of them had kind of been shut down because, you know, this feels political, even though we never spoke of politics, this feels political because of the current um, climate in the country. And, and then we had one specific member that had a, an incident that kind of precipitated some big movement in that, in that group, because she, um, she is East Asian and had uh, some, some very worrisome heckling in her neighborhood, uh, threatening behavior from, from neighbors to the point where she, she moved and she moved to another country. And when she was going through this, the group was very pointedly not supportive of it. They, they spoke of how this was political and she was like, well, this isn't political. This is my life. And, and then that kind of came to a head because it became very obvious that these conversations could not be had in that group in a way that would actually be supportive for our members of color that, that in order to have these conversations, we kind of had to sanitize them first. We kind of had to, to look through them first to make sure that they would not make everybody else feel like they weren't doing their part. And, and really when, when, when it comes to it, that's all that this is. These, these things are happening because we as a society have not all been doing our part for a very long time, or we've not even known that we're not doing our part, but how are we supposed to know that if we don't have those conversations, right? I'm not saying anybody is a bad person. I think genuinely there are people who have no idea that these things are happening. And, and how are you supposed to know if you're not talking about it? So at that point, um, uh, a couple of other women in the group and I decided, well, we need to create a space where we can have these conversations and we can and we can have them in a way that uh, where, where we actually facilitate, where we center the voices that want to have these conversations. We center the voices that have been marginalized and we actually facilitate a back and forth. This isn't about telling people what's happening. This is about having that back and forth in a way that centers those voices, not the voices of the, uh, you know, that, that are always heard, the voices that are always heard. So um, we created this, this new running group um, for physicians. Again, it was the same, the same concept, except come as your whole person. And you don't have to necessarily be talking about running. This was not a political group. This was a running group, but, but you don't have to after identity at the door when you walk into it. And so we've had some really amazing conversations in that group. And, um, you know, I, I, I was telling you earlier, uh, the, the, um, the modmins are all this very, the moderators and admins are all this very diverse group of women. Um, and so we, we really, really try and, and the conversations are mostly just about running and being doctors and being moms. But, but that conversation will be different depending on who you are and we don't have to modify it. And it's, it's a, it's been very eye-opening to see some of the conversations in there. Most of them, you wouldn't be able to tell any difference from, from the, the old group, 
but some of them have been really, really eye-opening and really amazing. And I'm just, I'm really proud of them. We, we, uh, we weathered the, uh, the, um, the elections, the, you know, all the, the brouhaha that happened around that. And it was an incredible source of true support for a lot of people. And again, not a political thing. We had discussions from, there were, there were people from both sides of the aisle in the group and people that were actively saying, I have voted Republican my entire life. And right now these are my concerns and this is what I'm looking at. And these were excellent conversations because they weren't based on shutting down the experience of the people who uh, who disagreed with them. And um, and 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 I remember, you know, in the other group that they, they did say things like, well, well, you're shutting us down by uh, when, when we say that we don't agree with your experience. And it's it's you're not shutting someone down when you just relate your experience. That's not what that is, you know. And so we should be able to have those those conversations. And and in this group, we really can. And I'm really happy about it. And a lot of the people there are a lot of people who are actually in both groups simultaneously. It's not a either or situation. It's just this is a place where we can have those conversations. Um, and it's it's worked really, really beautifully. It's been really good. No, it's a couple of events. And yeah, <laughs> well, it's 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 an avenue for for people to go to that they can, like you said, they can feel heard, they can feel recognized. Yes. And then the, of, like, of course, you're going to like want to be, you know, within your community and you're going to want to probably share more. And you're probably actually even more invested in the group because right. it's not like, oh, I just post on here when I have a specific question. Right. It's more like, yes. wow, this is really my family. Like these people really care about me. And I've right. had the good pleasure of being able to, to thank you to Emmy, being able to work with a lot of these women, especially in the last several months who've come my way and they're in this group. And every time I bring up your name, I'm like, it's, it, they're like, isn't she amazing? Isn't she oh. an awesome person? <laughs> but it's, they're like, oh, the group has been amazing for me. I've met so many people on it. I have so many friends from it. I feel so empowered. And that to me is so inspiring because that's what it's all about. Like, this is why I loved putting events on because when you put an event on or you host a party, it's never, it, I don't think of it for me. I think of it like, I just want to get together all these people because I hate personal attention a lot. And maybe you're the right. same way uh, in some ways. I don't know if that's true or not, but it, it's this feeling <laughs> of getting people together in a really positive way and seeing them all mingle, seeing them all have this opportunity to relate to one another and build friendships. I mean, how cool yes. is that? You're literally you've literally created a platform for people to build friendships that will enrich their lives. And I, I just think that's really special and it's incredible. And I, and it's, it's difficult right now, especially this day and age where you have people who aren't trying to argue who you voted for. They're just trying to share, Hey, I had this really horrible experience happening to me. Yeah. Uh, you know, and they're just trying to be heard. And the first thing back to them is, you know, an argument or whatever the case is, like, if I fell down, would you ask me, uh, would you, would you find five ways to blame me for falling down? No, you probably, like you exactly. said, exactly. Yeah. I'm so sorry. You fell down. That's horrible. I've exactly. definitely had those things happen, but to your point, it's not the, it's not something they're aware of, not something that they've been able to experience. And it's disappointing that those are things, but also here's a positive that comes out of it. And I think in time, you may see more people come over who maybe had those thoughts or opinions, or like you said, transform ideas as you go because of this yeah. open you know, platform of conversation where you're not going to be, um, you know, you're not going to be cornered, you know, in a corner, if you have a difference of opinion, you just, you're asking correctly for just right. people to be respectful about it and to care about humans. Right. 
And, and it's important to note, you know, I gave the example of the grandma and you gave the example of falling down and both of those are, are mm. incidents, right? Like these are, these are single incidents, but it's really important to understand, um, and I'm not just talking, you know, right now I've been talking about, about being a person of color, but you could just as easily be talking about, um, uh, about uh, a gender violence. You could be talking about um, sexuality. You could be talking about religion. You could be talking about ethnicity. You could be talking about any number of things. And um, it's important to note that we're not really talking so much about incidents, this one thing that happened to me, we're talking about an entire way of life. Like this is something that we experience all the time, daily, daily in so many conversations at work, um, in our neighborhoods, in our other communities. And when you are, when, you know, when you are, are trying to be a part of a community, but you can't bring your whole self to it, it's exhausting. It's really exhausting to have to not step on toes. Um, because, you know, because telling somebody that this part of, of my identity is oppressed um, makes them feel like I'm calling them an oppressor. And, and that's, really, really exhausting. And so to, to get to the, and, and again, I am, I have incredible privilege. I, I have, um, not a strong accent in English at all. Uh, especially not when I'm not tired, when I'm tired, I have a little bit more of an accent. I, um, I have light skin. I, um, am highly educated. I, uh, you know, I, I have so many, um, financial support, uh, uh, financial and, and, and personal support systems, um, that, that give me this great privilege. Uh, but even comparing myself to my parents, um, experience or my, or, or comparing myself to, um, my kids experience, uh, because my kids, uh, uh, also greatly privileged, but, uh, my kids are Brown and, uh, and they have a different experience than I do. And so it's, it's just very important to have, you know, going back to the awareness that we were talking about before, um, understanding where the limits of our experience are and, and that we're not necessarily talking about an incident. We're talking about an entire life. And, and that's, that was what was at the heart of this, of this group, creating a community where people, you know, I'm not saying you have to post every day. You might post once a month and that's fine. But when you post, know that you can post what you're going through and, and, and be okay with that. You don't have to, but you can, and that you will see other people post similar things. Um, we keep that in mind for our, uh, for our, um, organizations that we choose to support as a group. We keep that in mind for the conversations that we have. We keep that in mind for, I mean, like we, we try to keep that very much in mind. So it's there. If you want it, you don't have to have it. You don't have to be a part of it, but if you want it, it's there. Yeah. Like you said, it's, it's, if you want that extra step, you want more, you know, you know, you're going to be supported within that group. I feel like this right. is just a, the ultimate sales pitch for, you know, for the group. And uh, <laughs> I, 
<laughs> off camera if my sister-in-law is listening to this. Uh, this is half of my sales pitch to you. So oh, we would love to have is, her. <laughs> all you do is just listen to this this podcast. And, you know, in, in such a small way, um, I can relate just being Jewish, you know, and, and hearing stories right. about just even, you know, my grandparents' era going through the Holocaust and different things like that. And of course, that hasn't happened in my lifetime, but just understanding like, wow, like we're really not that far removed from that, you know? And right. so I think every single human has something that they could really look into their past and probably something in their lives and their heritage, whatever the case is, you know, could help them empathize in some way. And I just, I always just encourage humans just to, just to, just to listen, you know, listen, have these kind of conversations and just be a part yeah. of your communities. One of the most amazing thing is about being a part of community. I mean, I cannot say enough yes. good things and the running community is such a great example of that. So you've married yes. the two, you've married running community <laughs> with people who want to be accepted, people who want to be able to have conversations. Um, you know, and this is, I really feel like this is a turning point of our world. You know, we've had, we've had a lot of, I mean, of course we have a lot of work to do, but we've had a lot of conversations speed things up in all areas of life. I mean, the pandemic changed how we work, you know, it changes it. You know, people are working yes, from home now. You know, there's so many things to me, I feel like are changing as we go. And so just these groups, just knowing that you're a part of something that's, that is effort to help progress is really cool. And, you know, nothing happens overnight. We got to do it. No. You know, you do things. Yeah. It's, it's the same concept. I think when you put on events for your community of just trying to enrich the experiences of where people are living and connect people and relate them. You know, we need these, in my opinion, we need these little efforts um, because mm -hmm. we can all contribute. And I've always said this about charity because I'm really excited to talk about this next step with you because I know you guys have done a lot of great work with giving back to different organizations and such, but I love like the fact that you don't necessarily have to, you don't have to be super wealthy to give to something. And I think we learned that in religion and church and things like that. But more than anything, you know, I think you can be involved in a charity without giving a hundred thousand dollars by maybe even being more impactful by volunteering, you know, mm -hmm. volunteering, mm -hmm. being a part of the events, you know, or you have a skill. Like I was telling this to somebody several months ago, she was um, wanting to get involved, you know, with the different charities. And I said, well, you're, you have a graphic design background. How about you offer your services to them? They might not have a graphic designer. Mm -hmm. Most nonprofits are, you know, are struggling just to, to employ, you know, a marketing, you know, let alone, you know, a whole staff of people that can do these different things. And so I, I I know it's kind of off on a tangent, but I think that there's a lot of things that people can do in general to get involved that doesn't necessarily mean I have to spend money to do so. And it can be even more impactful. And I think that's what's. I, I absolutely agree. Yeah. And, and I actually think that, that, that I'm sorry, I totally interrupted you, no, but I fine. actually think, I actually think that as important as it is to give money and actually, you know, put our money when our mouth, where our mouth is, if we are able to, um, uh, I, I actually think that you bring up a really good point. The engagement is what's much more important than just the money per se. Um, a lot of people feel, you know, again, it's kind of like the, the, a lot of people feel that if they have given to charity, then they have done their part. And then Cut let's the please box. just, exactly. Let's please just stop having these conversations. Please just, just, I, I'm so tired. I'm so tired of hearing it on the news. Can we not have it here? Well, this is our lives. These are our lives that, you know, this is, this is, we can't stop. We can't put it on pause. Um, we can pretend it's on pause for you, but I don't really want to do that. And so I, I actually think it's much more important to engage in communities and to actually take a, a, a real look at 
how we contribute to the problem and how we can change our contribution to that problem, then, then only the money, if you can give the money as well, fantastic. And we, we periodically have um, fundraisers in our group for, um, for causes that are kind of near and dear to us. Um, But then, you know, I mean, I, there are there are many people in our group that are residents, for example, you know, doctors uh, who have already they're already doctors, but they are in training for their subspecialties and they're paid peanuts. These poor people are paid peanuts for so many years. You don't even get start. You don't even start getting paid uh, an actual salary until you're in your mid 30s uh, as a doctor. And and uh, and so. All of these people who are in training still cannot just like give to the right and give to the left and give up and down all over the place anytime that you have a charity. Okay, that's not the point. The point is let's have these conversations. Let's post articles. What is going on in the world? And we post, you know, we have lots of discussions about current events because that's how you make the change by talking about these things, not by just the feel good we gave to a charity. You know what I mean? And when we give a charity, we have discussions about why that organization and and um, and how we how we get to that 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 place. And I think that's at least as valuable as the actual monetary contribution. Yeah, there's a guy in St. Louis who I was recently connected to and he has a podcast and his whole podcast is centered around, I guess he has a nonprofit that he tries to convince people to donate to charities and, and organizations that they're not passionate about that are meaningful mm. and try to take, okay. and so try to take the approach of, and he, and he had a lot of like stats and everything. I was really amazed by the guy and I'm, I'm looking forward to having more That's conversations. Really with him. a cool guy. He's, he's like, okay, I asked these people, you know, where are you spending most of your money right now? And then I try to convince them on, you know, finding ways to donate. And I guess it, I, I don't want to take away from his story and, you know, misrepresent him. But I think it was something along the lines of his, him and his wife were fortunate enough to have the means to be able to donate to different charities. And they really just wanted to make more of an impact opposed to just donating what they're passionate about. I thought that was very interesting. Yes. And passion well, is a more word. more you can amplify. Yeah. Yeah. And passion, you know, I'll be honest, like when somebody says like, don't do things that you're passionate about, like it kind of hits a nerve a little bit at first because you're like, wait, like that's what I want Like that's fulfillment of your life. But then when you really right. think about it, you're like, no, no, I don't necessarily think, you know, it means that don't be passionate. It just means about there's other things that you can recognize and help support in our world that maybe isn't right in front of you. And I think that's really cool. Well, as we wrap up the one last thing I really wanted to talk about with your group, and this is just something yeah. that like just makes you even more credible is that you have pivoted like incredibly well in, in terms of taking this group, can, keeping people training with running for those of you guys that don't know this and, and you are probably familiar with us being in a pandemic, but events have just not existed on the running side of things. And so these major events that a lot of these no, not at all. Uh, women are <laughs> training for aren't happening. And so this has been a dilemma for me in my business because one of the things, you know, why people need a coach typically is because they're training for a race. And so for me, I had to kind of start doing these different virtual events to keep my team inspired. But Emmy just took it to the next level with your group and to your point <laughs> was able to do things in terms of bringing people together to train, but also raise money, which was super cool just to see the impact that you guys made. But really overall, like the ideas of like what you guys did, like you kept it fun. And I was telling people like, it's really hard for me to convince somebody now 
opportunity <laughs> to do something virtual because it's like, who wants to hear that word right now? They're like, ah, right. don't even say it. But right, right. I, I was hearing about your last one and just like the challenges and all these different things. I'm like, <laughs> she has a new idea every single month. And like, all I want to do in my life is just hire you as a consultant. <laughs> like brainstorm with you and be like, Hey, Emmy, what are the things that you can't do with the time that you don't have? I'm going to execute those things because it's a genius <laughs> of what it is. What, what inspired you to, to lead you. your people running, but then also to take you to the next level of like, actually you've kind of formed a little bit of a, a business per se out of it in terms of the races. I, I'm sure you don't classify as it, but I'm just trying to think in terms no, of how to describe it to people is you've actually created events and, and done something professionally for yourself that is very incredible that a lot of people in the space of events have not been able to do. Thank you. It's, it was it, definitely something we hadn't done before, but I mean, we've always liked a good party. Um, <laughs> we, we've always liked to host a good party, but <laughs> it was, it, it was kind of just reading what the reading, what the need was in the group, you know, everybody at, in the beginning, there was so much uncertainty. Um, I mean, there's always been uncertainty. That's kind of like the, the, the trademark or the, the, the hallmark, I should say of the, of the pandemic. Um, but in the beginning, there was a lot of fear and there was a lot of isolation and people didn't know how to work through that isolation. And so in the beginning, it was kind of a no brainer in the very beginning, it was kind of a no brainer. Everybody had been trained, you know, it was right before, um, everybody was in their, in their cycles for Boston, um, people were, were in their cycles for just all these spring races. And so it was, it was very, uh, it was just very logical for the next step to just simply be a, a very simple, choose your own distance, virtual event. You know, we all run together, go, let's just do it. And so that was kind of our first event that we did. And it was just a very straightforward virtual race. Um, and that, that worked well. It worked very, we learned a lot of things. We, my husband, uh, does, um, uh, graphic design and, and marketing. And so he was, he, he had already been the guy who was putting together the gear for the group at the time. Um, and so it was very easy to, to, to kind of network from there. Um, we have this expression in our household. that's just beyond obnoxious, but it's like, well, how hard can it be? So, well, I mean, how hard can it be? So, so we, it was easy to kind of network into, well, let's just look at vendors and see, what will it take to actually get medals and shirts printed up? You know, we'd never done anything like that. Let's, let's just look at medals and shirts. What will it take to do this? And if we wanted to have kids and if we wanted to have um, adults and if we wanted to have different, different distances, what do we have to do? Okay. So we did it. And it was really well received because there was, like you said, there was nothing at the time, nothing. And there were hardly even any, you know, there weren't very many virtual races yet. It was just a, a, a natural reflex to say, a natural reflex to say, okay, we're, we're all suspended in this place of uncertainty. Let's just keep running. Let's just run together and take the, the, the training that we already have. Then the next step was kind of, okay, now people are, are less scared because we're starting to understand the virus a little bit more. Now people are frustrated. Now people want to um, burn their anger off in some place and there's still nothing to, to work for race-wise. So adjusting people's goals, what were people's goals going to be this year? And so that was where the concept, and this was actually my husband's idea, um, the concept of not your race race, the not your race race. 
place. So it was like, we had not your, not, not Boston, not New York, not Paris, not um, Berlin, not Tokyo and not flying pig. And flying pig was just in honor of one of our, <laughs> one of our members who's just absolutely fantastic. And she's like this huge, um, this huge uh, uh, flying pig fan and, and just does this, you know, <laughs> this big, um, this it's big a thing, thing for flying pig every time. So she had all these people lined up who wanted to run. Oh yeah, I'm sure. And she had, she had just all these people lined up who really wanted to run the pig. So we're like, okay, we'll run these six races. And, um, and so, you know, again, you pick your distance, you pick your everything. That was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. It was, or we did eight races. We did eight races. I'm missing races. Anyhow, um, we did eight, but it was, it was, it was a lot of fun, but it was also running eight simultaneous races. We learned a lot from that one and I am never doing that again, (laughs) but it was a lot of fun. And, and, uh, uh, we also learned like, I mean, I just started again, how hard can it be? Right. I just started cold calling companies and saying, Hey, I've got this really fantastic group of, of, um, first line workers who are, uh, stuck here and, and would you please support us? And people like you who were amazing and offered prizes. And so the whole point was that the entire, um, profit from all of these, from all of these races would go directly to a cause that we, that we loved and that we could support and that we could, we could go for. And so originally we did, um, black girls run. And then we did, um, and then we did like little mini events that supported the ACLU and just little, little challenges all throughout. Like, for example, one of the, um, one of the prizes that was donated to us, these were door prizes. These were the whole point of this was not, you weren't going to get this because you ran faster because you ran long. You were going to get this for, for, for training and for completing your race. And so we would just like give these away. And, uh, and so one of the prizes was a set of, um, of headphones uh, or of, um, yeah, headphones. And, uh, and so the challenge that we came up with was to, uh, you had to do, um, lip syncing um, and post it in the group. And so we had all these people doing their lip syncing. And so you would get your entry for lip syncing. And so it was just a lot of fun. And it's fun when, when, because I didn't have to purchase the, the prizes. And so we, we had a little bit of flexibility there. The thing that we ran into there though, was number one, like I said, we had eight races to coordinate. And so since they were eight separate races, we never hit a minimum or it was very hard to hit a minimum that would give us this bulk, um, this bulk, uh, uh, rate for anything. And, um, and, uh, all the separate prizes that were donated to us, we had to mail. And so mailing the prizes actually put a big dent in our, in our proceeds. And so it was like, okay, I mean, we still got, you know, we still, we still got maybe $2,500 to donate, but we could have had so much more if we hadn't had that. Okay. All right. So let's reevaluate this. Then the next event was kind of like people were all virtual out. They were done. They were, I don't want to hear about another virtual race. I've trained for so many of these. And there are people who had done like the whole cycle when they signed up for the not your race, because this was going to be the only time they were going to be able to run Boston. Right. So they were going to run the not your Boston, things like that. Right. They were never going to go to Tokyo. So they were going to run Tokyo, London, whatever. And so people signed up for like the whole cycle. So people were very much virtual raced out by then. 
but we still didn't have an end in sight. We still didn't have a vaccine. We still didn't have a clear, a clear light at the end of the tunnel. And so what we came up with for the new year was kind of a, we called it power of two because our, our, our group is called power. And so we called it power of two. And the whole point of that, we made these metals that were, it was one large metal that was cut in half. And so it had a, a magnet um, that you could put together. And the whole point of power two is you pick your, 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 um, your partner, or we assign you a partner. If you want, you guys set your goal. You don't have to have similar paces, similar goals, similar distances, maybe you're injured. And so your goal is to go to PT every single week for so many weeks. Um, maybe your goal is to, uh, to use your bike three times a week and run three times a week. Maybe your goal is actually to hit a pace. Maybe you want to PR, whatever. Everybody could pick their own goals and they would set their goals as a as a team, no matter how different your goals were from your partners and you would post and you would tag your partner. And so you would just go through this. And that was a three month long challenge um, where there was no race. There was no end race. We just sent out the medals at the end of the three months and, uh, and the, you know, the gear we had arm warmers and things along those lines. Um, we just sent that stuff out at the end and, and see, cause I learned from my mistakes. <laughs> we got, we got, um, the people who, who, uh, supported us there, our supporters with, with prizes were all things that didn't have to be mailed out. So we had had some, some very, very, um, generous companies that had been supporting us before, but I was like, but I can't ask them again, because then we will again, have to have all this gear and mail out all this gear and spend a thousand dollars mailing gear. So we had coaching, we had, um, strength coaching, we had nutrition, we had, you know, we had all these other forms of support that could maximize what we were actually getting. And then we had like $4,500 to donate. So it was, it, even though the number of people at each consecutive race was a little bit smaller because you know, people again are burned out on the virtual and then are just looking for that community. And it's just, people are looking for community. So we would just kind of try to, to focus on what people were looking for right now. Now people are looking for in-person races and I am not brave enough to do one of those. So um, I'm just looking for an in-person race at this point. I, mean, I can't wait. I, I feel like we could do a whole podcast on that. I mean, I think like I was <laughs> so many things to talk about and this is like one piece that I was just so pumped about because from like the business nerdy side of me and the marketing side, like I, I love that you're sharing, like, this is what I learned. I love that you figured out different strategies on how to benefit your, your clients per se, you know, your participants, but at the same time realizing, you know what, they're probably gonna have just as good of the experience if I don't do that. And that's such right. a learning process. And you're, you're a physician, you're a mom, like you have other things going on in your life. You probably never, I mean, your, your husband has great experience with this stuff, but because you probably haven't from your side of things, like ever done something like this before. No, 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 so, no. Neither one of us had done anything remotely yeah. like this. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's uh, how hard can it possibly be, you know? <laughs> <laughs> but more than anything, I, I look at that and I think, man, if I'm sitting at home and I'm listening to this podcast, maybe I don't relate to everything, but I can take something away from this and I can say, okay, like this really resonated with me. Like I can do something that I thought I couldn't do. And that was based on research and it, and it was based on, you know, teamwork and all this different stuff all tying into the idea of why your group of power is so powerful because it's people who are embraced together. And I'm sure a lot of that inspiration worked for you, correct? Like you probably took a lot of your 
athletes and participants in that group and thought about them and was like, what's the best interest for all of us? And I'm going to be the person that represents yes. them. Absolutely. And, and also kind of keeping in mission, keeping in, in line with the mission that we had set out to, to, to try to respect for the group. I mean, like, for example, our, our latest, um, our latest event, the power of two was in support of the national bailout coalition, which is this fantastic group. And, and if you have the chance to go, to go look it up, um, national bailout, they're, they're, they're amazing, but it's every, uh, uh, mother's day, they um, they do this one specific project where they bail uh, women out of out of jail, and it's they give you the statistics the statistics on their website, and um, by and large, there is you know we know that there's such a disparity, such a racial disparity um, uh, in in who gets sentenced and who gets well, first of all, who gets uh, uh, stopped for for. Who, who gets dinged basically who gets sentenced who um can make bail and who can't and so who uh, ends up spending time in jail and when you spend time in jail you disrupt an entire family you don't just disrupt this one person and so you may be removing the the person who is um the breadwinner for the family the person who is keeping the family going the the person who is making sure that uh that that kids are going to school within the family that the kids are taken care of that um you know, the, the person, the glue, if you will. And, and so, and it's just a matter of, of equity and, and, and disparity, um, between the groups that, that receive that because, uh, if somebody else makes bail and just goes home and then comes back and, and, and has their hearing and whether or not you're guilty or innocent, you know, that's how it goes. And, um, and somebody who can't make bail, doesn't have that and loses months of, of that and, and, and their lives can just completely fall apart. And so this is just the best organization, but you can see how a, a, an organization that specifically focuses on those, on those disparities and specifically focuses on moms for mother's mm -hmm. day, bringing them home to their families. You can see how that would appeal to, to a group like mine. So, you know, these, these women are fantastic. So of course they would want to support that. So that's that, you know, if, if you have a, a, a good cause and if you have something that, that appeals to the mission of the group, then that's, that's another really good thing. All that, all that is so great. I, I, I thank you so much for taking this much time to chat with me about this because just the, everything you spoke about was just, was amazing. And I don't even have words to do it justice. I think you, you used all the words, you know, that, <laughs> that will make it look good. a lot of words, Mark. A lot of great words, a lot of powerful words. So thank you so much for, for joining us. And, and if we want to find, uh, let's just say we, we have a sister-in-law who's trying to figure out where, where the power group is, you know, online, how, how can we find, you know, the power group in it? Do you, have any social media that you want to share with people um, to follow your journey or anything you know relevant to what you talked about today? Absolutely. Yeah. So the, the group itself is um, on Facebook, but it's a, it's a secret group, which means that people can't find it if they, if they look for it. Um, on Facebook, you you have to be invited into it. So if you don't know somebody from it, then you can't directly get into it. But on social media, on uh, on Instagram, we are Mama Docs Power, and Power has a an intentional misspelling. It's an acronym for Physicians Open Wing Runners, so it's P O W R. So that would be M A M A D O C S P O W R. 
um, at Mama Docs Power and same on 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 uh, Twitter. And so you can always contact us through that. That's not secret at all. And you can always contact us through that. And uh, and then we can get you into our group. And if you go to the SPR training website right now, you guys are on there as a partner, you know, with, uh, with our partner page, so you can check out their name and their logo there. If you need help, just, you know, in terms of forgetting this today or whatever the case is, and just a little plug to go to my website. Sorry. No, fantastic. Uh, uh, well, I'm thank- so happy for you with, with what you've done with your website and with your, with your, um, with your business this, this year, you just, I, I'm so happy. I mean, like it, it was clear that, that you had big things coming because, um, uh, you're, you know, your coaching, um, training with you was just so fantastic. And I'm looking forward to being able to do it again, but I'm so excited that so many people realize that now I'm so excited for you. Congratulations. I'm so happy for you and your partners. Well, well thank you so much. And, and it's, it's amazing to just have the support of people like you, those people who really believed in you and just somebody who wants to give you a shot. And so I, I, I tell people all the time, just how grateful for you, uh, you are. Cause I I've mentioned you to so many people. I'm like, there is one person and she lives in Seattle and she has just done single-handedly been such a positive supporter of my business and myself personally. <laughs> so definitely. So we'll have to bring you on again on the podcast, you know, down the road. I think there's more we can even dive into. So thank you so Sounds much. Great. And we'll thank look you, forward Mark. to that next conversation.